welcome to Rugged Theology, where we talk church planting, theology, and drink coffee. And welcome to another episode of Rugged Theology. We are back again, and since we have some new interns, we are going to do a few more of the Growing Up series. You may remember those from um, our stories about how we all grew up. We went anywhere from Roman Catholicism to Pentecostalism to, you know, being kind of unchurch. We told everyone's story here. So today I have one of our newest interns, uh, Mr. Robert Noble. How's it going, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Not bad. That's good. Um, so we got two real baymen here today. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully we don't need um, translators well, for this one. We right? might. We might need a translator after this. So I, I, uh, I was in Goose Bay recently and uh, sat and talked to a good buddy of mine, Russ Austin. And as soon as he opened his mouth, uh, I was like, "You got the accent." Oh yeah. And uh, he, uh, John Lewis, who's from you know Biloxi, for those who are listening. Mississippi. I looked at John after. I was like, did you know it's an accent? He just laughed and nodded like, yeah, I, there was no trouble to tell. It's funny because when two baymen get together too, right? I think it comes out thicker at that point. So. Oh, he just starts going, yeah, right? Yeah. All right, Robert. Um, so we'll get into it for those people who are here. So you are very new. Um, was a bit, about a month now, right? So today, yeah, a little over a month. Yeah. Because it was 25th April 25th you started. 25th of April, yeah. 27th today. Yeah. Um, and you came in <laughs> at a... Very busy time. Yes, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Baptism by fire. That's right. Um, full immersion. Um, That's right. So Robert started the week of our Engage conference, which was our first ever conference um, in partnership with 20 Schemes. Uh, and it actually went really well, I think. It went pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're going to tell you a little bit about Robert's story, and we'll get into that now. So for those of you listening, Robert also comes from the Pentecostal Assemblies of Newfoundland and Labrador, like myself. Um and again, we have a great deal of uh, respect for our denomination, where Absolutely. we came up from, and even the heritage they have in our province. They've been here, I think, for 100 years, if not maybe a little more. Probably, probably was, a little more, maybe. A little more. Yeah, not it, sure. It was like 19-something that Alice Garrigus came yeah. here and brought it here. Um, but anyways, yeah, so we got a lot of respect for it. A lot of great um, pastors there, and uh, actually, your uncle, isn't it? One of his, Absolutely, his yeah. Lindsay Foster. Um, so yeah, so nothing against the denomination, but you know, we've all, it's funny, and all of us at Model Mission, most of us have been on a theological journey from one aspect to another. Um, so Robert, tell us a little bit for you, what your experience was like growing up in a Pentecostal church, not even just on the island, but in small town, rural Newfoundland, because you're from Middle Arm, and I, we right. just talked about it before. Um, growing up for you, is about 550 people, that's it. Yeah, it's a very small place. Um, it's a little um, outport town in rural Newfoundland. Um, one of those places people probably aren't too familiar with, but it's a beautiful place, and it was a great spot to grow up. Uh, so basically, we had a Pentecostal church. Um, that's where I grew up. The whole town uh, was somewhat religious. Even the people that didn't go to church still had somewhat of a respect for the church. Yeah. But now, would your church um, kind of be still like the center of the community, being a community that small? Back then, yes. Yep. Nowadays, probably not as much. Okay, so it's drifted a little bit. It's drifted a little bit, okay. especially post-COVID. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
So yeah, so what, what, what was it like for you growing up? Like, what are your memories of growing up in that uh, church? Like, what, yeah, were you a Christian early on? Tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, I come from a Christian family. Um, ever since I can remember, we went to church. Um, it's just always been a part of my life. Every Sunday, you know, mostly Sunday nights, you know, every every now and then I get up on a Sunday morning and go. <laughs> Parents never, ever forced me to go. Um, I'm sure when I was younger, they, you know, they brought me along. But as I got a little older, I, you know, went on my own terms. And I've always respected that, actually, about my parents. Um, but, you know, growing up there in the church, I would say it was, it was a good experience. Um, I don't have any bad memories or anything like that. You know, it's a typical kid. You know, you had some friends who didn't go to church, and yep. on a Sunday afternoon, you kind of, <laughs> you didn't want to be there sometimes, you know, when you were younger, but, you know, it was a good overall experience, and I'm thankful for my upbringing, and uh, it's, I mean, it's, I still consider it, you know, I still consider it home in some ways. Every time I go home, I try to get there on a Sunday and play if I can. Yeah. So uh, was it very, like, strict at all? Um, did you experience anything, like, for me, um, there wasn't... There wasn't a whole lot I could do. I mean, I couldn't go dancing, um, yeah. drink or smoke, not that I wanted to, but no, there was no, stuff yeah. like that I couldn't do. 100%. Um, mom growing up, she couldn't, she was allowed to ride a bike odd enough, but she had to keep her Sunday dress on. Yes. Uh, so was, was, did you experience any of that growing up? Yes. So yeah. So they, yeah. So it was somewhat like that. Um, I think it was the overall vibe of Sunday in general. You weren't allowed to do a whole lot on mm -hmm. a Sunday, you know, um, I'm pretty sure I could ride my bike if I remember correctly. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, we weren't allowed in general, you know, like like you mentioned, um, a few things there. We weren't allowed to play with playing cards. Yes, I was going to ask you that, actually, yeah. That was a big one. I remember buy, buying a deck of cards. Um, and uh, my, you mother, sinner. my mother found out, and uh, <laughs> they got tossed pretty fast. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. I figured I'd get away with it because they, I, think, I think they had, like, Pokemon on the back of them. Oh, so, okay, yeah. I, yeah yep. She caught on, so, yeah. They got tossed. <laughs> um, what about wearing jeans to church? Was that a big deal? Funny you should mention that. So I was probably one of the first guys, in, in at least that I know of, that uh, wore jeans and a hoodie on the platform. So that was a big deal at the time, and I, I thought it was great. I thought I was being some kind of a rebel, you know? Yeah, right. Sticking it to the man, right? <laughs> were, there, were there comments about that, do you know? I'm sure there were, but I probably chose to ignore them, right? <laughs> I, I had a little bit of a rebellious spirit back in those days. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm sure um, people people didn't like it. Some people didn't like it. And the, how old are you, Robert? So right now I'm 31. Yeah, so for those listening, within the last 30 years, this has happened. Yeah. Um, I'm 33, and it depends more of the outports, you know, that more traditional conservative exactly. um, beliefs. And, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with being conservative, but it was more, uh, there's a bit of legalism mixed in that just wasn't realized. Yes. Um, and uh, there were some churches back where mom's from. So mom's from down Bay to Spear. Okay. And uh, I'll try to say this as clear as I can. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, she was a small town, uh, Pools Cove, and I loved going down there. But yeah, you were basically, some churches, you were going to hell, right? If you played with cards, yeah. um, if you went to dances, or if you wore, if you dare wear jeans to church, like, <laughs> oh, how yeah. dare you? Yep, yep. Um, yep. But this is, this is what we grew up with, right? 
Um, now, my home church wasn't as bad as that. You know, Bot was a bigger center growing up. I think it was around 4,000 people. Okay. Well, that, yeah, that would have been like a big city. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Robert's like, you're a city boy, boy. City slicker. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so that's what it's been like growing up for you. Um, but now, so coming out of a Pentecostal domination, you're now at a Baptist church. That is correct. So you now attend Calvary Baptist Church, which is you know more of reformed doctrine, that's right, um, and belief. Um, so how did you find yourself here? What was your journey like to come from a Pentecostal church to here? Well, that's a good question. Um, so, well, I'll start with when I moved away. We we I moved to the city of St. John's, where we currently are. That was about ten or eleven years ago. So I did attend uh, a Pentecostal church when I came in. And to be honest, at that point, I didn't really know the difference of denominations. I just thought Pentecostal church was church, right? So, yeah, yeah, you just found a church. Yeah, I just found a church and I went to, and I had some family and stuff that went there, and it was a good church. Um, and as years went by and, you know, the, I guess, the trials of life come at you, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. I, I think what happened is I grew a little bit stagnant in my Christian walk. And that's not any fault of the church. That's, you know, I take responsibility for that. And I kind of just drifted away a little bit there. Um, you know, Christianity itself, I always, I still identified as a Christian. I never ever said that I wasn't saved or anything like that, but I just, God wasn't, you know, on my priority list at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so basically, I received a Bible. Um, Oh, a few years back now for Christmas, and it, it was um, a little bit more of a literal translation. That's what I wanted. I wanted to get back into the Word of God. I felt a conviction in my heart, um, and I started listening, you know, to some YouTube videos. And I basically typed in how to how to read the Bible and properly interpret the Bible. Okay, right. So anyway, I've uh, the Baptist preacher came up. Actually, it was Charles Stanley. <laughs> so I, he's not even Reformed, I don't believe, but. Uh, you know, he's. A, I found he was a Baptist preacher, mm-hmm. and I started listening to his sermons, and then I just got into more preachers, and I realized, I don't, I don't even know at the time, but I realized he was a Baptist preacher. I realized later on that these pastors I'm listening to are Baptist preachers. So at that point, I looked up Baptist churches near me. I contacted a couple of them, and uh, I heard back almost immediately from Calvary. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know... The rest is history from there. <laughs> I started attending Calvary from there. So uh, what about theologically? How, how did your beliefs change over time? When it comes to, you know, eternal security, that was a real big one for me because that's something that, you know, as a Pentecostal, I'm sure yourself, you, you, you definitely would have defended against that growing up. I remember hearing people say, you know, talk about eternal security and how it's, uh, you know, just a false doctrine and how people are think they can do whatever they want and go to hell. And I think it's just a misinterpretation of, of eternal security, really. Mm-hmm. But um, once I kind of got a little bit better of an understanding of it, I embraced the doctrine. And honestly, it really made me um, come alive more in my Christian life once I understood that. Once I understood that the pressure wasn't on me and mm-hmm. that Jesus is able to secure me, that was a big thing for me. So that really... Yeah, I can imagine. Um, yeah, did you uh, did you struggle much with uh, complementarianism, women in ministry, or where do you find yourself there? Because I, I, it took me when I started with my own mission. Um, took me at least 
maybe eight months before I started to really be like, yeah, this is probably something I believe. And then I think it was another four months after that. So almost a full year before I told Steve, yeah, I'm a complementarian. Um, so, you know, what's your journey been like with that? Um, it's not something I put a lot of thought in when I was younger because we never, to my knowledge anyway, we never really had many female pastors in, mm -hmm. in Middle Arm. Now, we had the pastor's wife yep. who who probably, in some cases, were ordained pastors. Mm -hmm. uh, they would speak, you know, if the pa if you know if the, the pastor wasn't well or if, you know... Just or on Mother's Day or something. Mother's Day or something like yep. that, yep. Um, but, you know... I do know a lot of people who have some issues with that, uh, you know, especially right where I'm from. You know, they probably have grown up. I know there was a lot of prominent female pastors in those days. Actually, um, I, I believe a couple actually came to uh, Middle Arm and Burlington years and years ago to spread the gospel. So that you know, they would argue that, you know, mm -hmm. the, the traditional Pentecostal view that women could be pastors. Yep. Um, I just say stick with scripture. You know, if if the Bible says it, then we 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 should believe it. <laughs> yeah, for those listening, if you don't know, um, complementarianism just means that we believe that there is a distinction between men and female, and male and female, sorry, and that they they complement each other, and that through the you know biblical um, foundations and like the guidelines for elders and you know the teachings that Paul gives us, we see that men should be the elders and leaders of the church. Yeah, um, doesn't mean that it. Uh, is not a you know, gender war or anything, but that's, no. that's just belief. And we've got other episodes on that. So if you want to hear more about that, you can you can check those out. Um, but Robert, so quick question now, because I've seen this done and it just came back to my mind. So yep. going back to you know Sundays and what you couldn't and couldn't do, could and couldn't do. Yep. Um, did your parents or even grandparents peel their vegetables Saturday night oh, before yeah. Sunday? They, they still do. Yep. <laughs> but well, that's that's like a part of Sunday, you know, coming home after church and having cooked food. Yep. Man. But you got to peel on Saturday, right? Well, you peel on Saturday night, yeah. Yep. And that's so you wouldn't be doing the work on the Lord's Day. Well, exactly. Or at least that's where it comes from. Man, I tell you, like, my great-grandmother, my mother told me, like, wouldn't wash her dishes on Sunday. Mm -hmm. They'd be in the sink all day. Whatever work had to be done on Sunday was either, like you said, done Saturday night or waited until Monday. Mm -hmm. So they, they had they had respect and, you know, that's commendable. <laughs> yeah, I can remember going down to my grandmother's house down in Poolsco when she was alive and uh, she would be peeling her vegetables. On Saturday night, I can remember asking mom at one point, like, why why are you doing this now? Why don't you do it tomorrow? Yeah. And she, she, she tried to explain it, but yeah. like in my mind, I think I was probably like eight years old. I was like, yeah. This doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, why are you doing it tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, but no, that was a common thing growing up, seeing that. Um, all right, Robert. So you have recently started at Model Mission. You've been here a month now. Um, what has that month been like for you? Well, like you you mentioned earlier, when I first joined, I kind of joined right in the midst of a conference. Right in the tick of it. <laughs> right in the tick of it, yeah. <laughs> um, but... Um, you know, that, that week was definitely a, a busy week. I learned a lot that week. Um, I learned that in ministry, sometimes things don't go according to plan. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Think, things can change pretty fast. But, uh, you know, considering everything that happened, it was it was also amazing to see how, you know, God works in ministry. Mm. Um, even when people are stressed out and we're not sure what, what the next thing will bring, you know, God, God is the one who ultimately ultimately holds it all together. Uh, so it was good to see that firsthand. Um, well, then the next week, of course, 
we, we a lot of us had COVID, so, oh, yeah. so we were off. So that, but uh, you know, the last couple of weeks have been great. I've been learning a lot, and um, you know, I've been reading a bit of theology books and and helping out where I can around the office. And you know, I'm hoping to settle into a role here and see what God has in store. Yeah, and so you, you know, why did you come to Mile One Mission? Well, I came to Mile One Mission because. Well, doctrinally, I, I agree with what, you know, we stand for. Yep. I also um, agree that we need more evangelical churches in Newfoundland and Labrador, which is, that is the mile one mission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, if if the Lord is willing, I would want to be a part of that in some way. So would you say you're feeling a call in ministry then? Yes. Yeah? Yes, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you, you had a... Uh, full-time job that you left I had, to come here. Exactly. I had a full-time job and and I and I loved my job and it was, you know, it was something that was in a field that I was somewhat experienced in. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was they kind of, some people kind of looked at me like I was crazy at my workplace. <laughs> They're like, "You're going where? <laughs> Doing what?" Yep. Um, yep. but, you know, you got to go with what God wants you to do, mm-hmm. you know. Sometimes you just got to you got to take that leap and, and leave it in his hands. So how, how did you work that out? What was that process for you? Because it can't be easy to think, I'm going to take, you know, this bit of a risk. You know, I've got I've got this job. Um, I've got, you know, I know my daily schedule. I know this job inside of it. I'm comfortable. I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so what was it like you kind of figure out, or have you always kind of felt like, you know, a kind of pull towards ministry? Well, I was one of those kids growing up that everyone was just like, you're going to be a pastor one of these days, you know? Was it because you were involved in church? Probably. That's, that- yeah, I'm thinking that's why. And, and and I always kind of resented that a little bit. I, again, going back to the little bit of rebellious spirit, I didn't want anyone telling me what to do, right? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like that for me. Um, I um, I grew up in youth group. I was on the leadership team and all that. And then you know, I thought about going to ministry, and I was like, yeah, I don't want to be this, that typical kid that grew up oh, in the church. Yeah. Like, no, I'm going to Bible college. Yeah. yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Yeah, just because you're a Christian and you're a young person, you you know, that's the thing. You have to go to Bible college right away. Uh, so anyways, continue. You, yeah, you, you kind of rebelled. You're like, no one's going to tell me what to do. Yeah. So anyway, I, you know, I kind of shut that idea down and kind of went my own way, but um you know, lead me up to, you know, where I was working previously. And I was very comfortable at that job. And uh, I'm the kind of guy, I like routine. Yep. I like knowing what to expect. Uh, that's why it's been a little bit of a hard adjustment coming in, <laughs> because you never know what you're going to expect in ministry. So God is helping me there for sure. But um, at the end of the day, you, you really just got to obey God and leave the consequences to Him, and He'll work it out. And So, so was that something that, you know, you said... You know, people kind of said you should go to ministry. Is that something that just never really left you, or how 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 did that work out in your life? It's something that's probably always been in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, for you know, for for a period of time in my mid twenties, I kind of drifted away, yep. and and I felt like maybe at the time I even felt like I might have fell back, and you know, wasn't a Christian <laughs> anymore, right? Uh, so for those listening, that just means like you know, backslide or backslide, you know, yeah, he might have lost his salvation for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, even though he doesn't believe in it, he might have lost it. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, no, I've I've uh, I felt the call, you know pretty pretty hard in the last maybe year year and a half Mm -hmm. and um i you know like i said i don't know what god has in store but you know whatever he's willing to use me for 
that's that's what I want to do. So, so quick quick question though, yeah. um, and I didn't prepare you for this one, so this would be fun. okay. Um, so if if you were able to know or go to God and say, yeah, this is how I want it to look, mm-hmm. what would you like? Would you want to say, I just want to be trained and do some, you know, theological training, and then be a pastor and establish church, or do you want to do church planting? Like what 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 would you want to look at right now where Robert is right now? And maybe in like two years we can look back and you're like, yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> Well, that's a good question. Um, church planning is definitely something that that uh, that's interesting to me. It's not something I really knew. Like I didn't really know much about it. You yep. know, maybe six or seven months ago or something. Right till I really looked into Mile One, um, I kind of just thought, you know, you went to school, you got your credentials, and you just went to a church and preached. Yeah. Right. Right. So church planning is a whole new game. You know, you're you're starting from ground zero. You're building a community. And you're, you know, you're fostering the community there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I am interested in. Um, but like I said, you know, if if that's what God wants me to do, that's that's what I'll hopefully do. I'm afraid that He'll give me the grace to obey Him. <laughs> All right, we'll check back in two years. Yes, we'll check back in two years <laughs> to see what happens. <laughs> All right, Robert, thank you so much for your time. Uh, for those of you listening, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and look forward to even to hearing more from Robert on future podcasts. So as he, you know, gets more... Um, plugged in here and figures out, you know, what this looks like and if it starts to fit in. Well, I'm sure we'll have him in my future episodes so you guys can hear more from him. Um, until next time, thanks for listening and have a good week. You've been listening to Rugged Theology. Rugged Theology is brought to you by Mile One Mission. If you want to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland and Labrador, visit www.mileonemission.ca.